Hi, I'm Carl from OSP, and this is Communicate, Connect, Grow, the OSP podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about using a call to action in your writing with the editing code CTA. If you want to be a more effective writer, a more transparent editor, develop clearer strategic thinking, or learn from our network of expert friends and colleagues, that's what we're here for. We divide our episodes across three themes, communicate, connect, and grow. This is a Communicate episode, and we're talking about giving your audience clear prompts for what to do next with our editorial code, CTA. The CTA editing code falls into the scope and narrative structure phase of the editing process, and it's about giving your audience a prompt to act. In our documentation about this code, it says, close to with a clear call to action. Hi, I'm Jeffrey McGuire. You can call me Jam. Please subscribe to our podcast. Go read our blog. We have this code CTA in our editing codes I think mostly as a placeholder, because anyone doing the writing and the, the digital marketing is, this is kind of baked into our perspective. Now, you, you, you're writing something to give someone an opportunity to learn more or to download a thing or what have you. So I have my taste in where CTAs go in articles. And then I can, if someone hasn't put one in the places where I feel they should be, then I can make a little mark, CTA, put something like this in. Great. And ha ha ha, I did my introducing myself with calls to action directly because I thought that would be quote unquote clever. The the slightly more interesting thing about CTA is that this topic covers both calls to action and calls to value CTVs. And the difference is worth paying attention to because you can use calls to value in some more subtle ways and within your, the flow of your text. So you can change things up and, put in a few more opportunities for people to to do something. So a call to action in the end is click this button, book a demo, download the white paper. It's always do a thing. That's a call to action. You put it, for me, I like to put one in after the introduction to the article where we've we've read the lead and it's, you know, you've summed up, for example, the the challenge that the article is addressing and the benefit you can get from solving it and, and maybe like a name check of how you're going to solve it. You introduce the context you're talking in. Boom. Already convinced? Want to learn more? Book a demo. Boom. CTA, right? And then when you get to the end of the article and you've summed everything up again, it's a good place to have it. A call to value says, start your learning journey today or begin your personal growth or something like that, where it's not a specific action, but it's inviting someone into your vision and like talking about the end goal. So you're showing them, right, the the value of an interaction with, with whatever you're offering. And both of them have their place. CTAs kind of often come in buttons or very clear links. Calls to value can be included in describing bigger stories, I guess. I am Christine Bueller. I'm a communications consultant at Open Strategy Partners, where I work on writing and marketing materials, for many different tech and open source companies. Well, CTA is pretty self-explanatory. It just means close your piece, 
with a clear call to action. Hi, I'm Chris Fenwick, and I work as a content writer and also editor at OSP. I mean, if we're talking about editing longer form blog pieces, then it's very much a kind of structural code. It's just like, here's a thing that you need to have either at the beginning, after the introduction, or at the end, where it's a leap off point to the end client website. I mean, obviously, if you're doing social media tweets and things like that, a lot of them should have some sort of CTA in as well. But we're more frequently using these codes to annotate blogs and so forth. I'm Felicity Brand. I'm a communications consultant at Open Strategy Partners. CTA, call to action. So you've written some great words. You've engaged your reader. They're really enthusiastic. Now, what do you want them to do? What is the point of this writing? So you want to include a call to action. That may be you want them to book something, to download something, to join something, to share their story, whatever it may be. You want to tell people what to do and make it easy for them to do that thing. The moment fades fast, so you need to make sure you've got your CTA well-placed. At OSP, we tend to include one early, like generally after the opening paragraph, and one at the conclusion or at the end of the article. They're usually the same. Sometimes they can be different. But the point is that we include at least one CTA so that that writing is doing some work. We don't just write for the sake of it. We want that writing to have a purpose. That's what the CTA is all about. Now we're going to look at how this code is used in your typical workday as an editor. As an editor, there's a really straightforward part where I want to check that CTAs are in the places that I think they should be. And if they're not, I will say, please put one here based on whatever the goal of this campaign is. A call to value. Sometimes I'll say, hey, why don't we swap this kind of dull click the thing for start your journey to better golfing today, right? It's a chance to open things out a little bit. In the end, this is a very functional, very straightforward code. So are they there? Are they aligned with the right campaign? Go. I would say that as editors, we're always checking that the CTA is both specific to the piece and also very clear. Vagueness does not serve you well when it comes to reading, writing, or editing CTAs. It's also a good place to double check with your client that you are like 100% positive of the action they want the readers to take because. There could be so many different actions. You always want to make sure that you're directing the readers where the client wants them to go. I think it's a very simple code because from my perspective, it's just like a structural element that is either going to be there or not. If there's no CTA at the end of the article, then this is a big problem. And likewise, in a lot of cases, especially for a longer article, you'll want one at the end of the introductory paragraph as well, just so you have these jump off points. So for me, if it's missing, then it's just like a big issue. Um, obviously, if it's there, it's also great and you can commend somebody on that. As an editor, when I'm working with the CTA code, firstly, I'm checking to see that we have at least one. Then I'm also going to look for how we've worded it. So 
you know, I want it to be nice and active, direct address, using verbs. If it's for a client, I want to make sure it's consistent with the rest of the client's CTAs. And then with my reader advocate hat on as an editor, I want to make sure that CTA is addressing another editing code we have, WIFM, what's in it for me. So that's a way I can add value as an editor, which just means looking for the value for the reader and making sure the CTA captures that and articulates that. It's important that the CTA is in line with or is married to some other codes, lead and front. So with our piece of writing, we've got a great title. We've hopefully got a great opening talking about what this piece of writing is about. As soon as we see that CTA, it needs to be in that family. So it can't come out of left field and get you to do something completely unrelated. They've all got to work together and that is going to build trust with your reader. So there's no nasty surprises. You're managing their expectations and you're hopefully getting your reader to do a thing, a call to action. Let's explore how you can approach this code as a writer. The way that we work with a strategy in place and with a content brief in place that says, this is my audience, this is the challenge they're facing, and this is how we solve it. The call to action is often listed right in our briefing material. And it says, the point of this campaign is to get demos. The point of this campaign is to get people to read this thing. The point of this campaign is to get them on an email list, whatever it is. And then accordingly, I want to put one in. I want to make sure that it's aligned with the goals. And if I can get clever and turn one into a CTV that feels like it's, you know, rhetorically more aligned or interesting, then um, I might take that chance. But for the writer too, when I'm writing, this is a checklist item. Do I have it? Is it what it's supposed to be? Yeah, the, the CTA as a writer is an interesting challenge for one thing. It kind of like sums up the importance of the entire piece. You know, the CTA should support the entirety of what you've just written. So it's important that it's strong, relevant, specific. You know, it is also challenging because a CTA is not supposed to be long. It should be a sentence, maybe two at most. So really short and sweet. And as a writer, I think you usually know that it's almost always harder to make things uh, shorter. Kind of getting your economy of words down is a definitely a writerly skill that most people have to work towards. Expressing a lot with a little is always a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a necessary part of the outline of a piece. So it's like, it's explicitly there in the structure and in the plan that, you know, CTA goes here at the end of the introduction and here's another one at the very end of the piece. In terms of how you write them, depends a little bit on the nature of the piece. You know, if it's about a feature of, of some product, then I guess you just sort of, the first one will be somewhat subtle and you kind of just mention the product and then say you can try it. And then at the end, after the feature, you'll, at the very end of the article, it will be incorporated more into the conclusion uh, along the lines of, if you need X, Y, and Z, these things that have already been discussed in the article, then they are offered by whatever, which you can try here. I mean, similarly, if you've got, if you've done like a case study for B2B marketing, uh, and you've presented a client and then how well and then how a company has helped them 
you can say, you sort of show the go through the whole structure of the case study. You can say something like, well, you know, if you've got a business idea but need a team to deliver your web app, or if you think your website could benefit from a similar content review, try it. You know, contact us here. This sort of thing. So I'm a technical writer. My background is in technical writing, and CTAs are foreign to us. And that means as a writer, I come to CTAs without a marketing background. So I just approach them in a really straightforward way. I think, what do I want the readers to do? I try to articulate that as a writer, and particularly a writer at OSP, I can rely on our content brief. So the content brief will have already included what we want the readers to do. So it's not going to give me the words to use for my call to action, but it is going to give me the action that we want our readers to take. So that means as a writer, I don't have to work that out. You know, it's it's already stated. What I'm doing as a writer is working out, you know, what verbs to use, how to go the extra mile, and rather than have a call to action, which is fine, you can have a call to value. And that's a way of stating what the reader's going to get out of doing the action. So rather than a directive, sign up for a workshop, you try to articulate the benefit that the reader will get. So it might be level up my writing skills. It's still a button. It's still an action for them to do. But the words on that button hopefully get straight to the heart of what the reader is trying to achieve. I think there's quite an art in writing CTAs. There's a lot of research into it. Um, you can really go down a deep hole as a writer, and particularly with my background as technical writer, I tend to just be straightforward with it and don't overthink it. Now, this writing code is important to readers for many different reasons. This is, I find this way more interesting than you might expect. I know that people look for ways to interact with you when they're reading a page. So if you put get a demo on a colored button, that is at the bottom of the page, people recognize that pattern. And if they've been interested in what they've been consuming, they're very likely to scan and find that thing and say, oh, I can get a demo. I can, okay, and click that. And if you just put it as a link or you put it in a paragraph of text, people might overlook it or they'd be like, well, and I, I've had the feedback, you know, that was cool, but I couldn't figure out how to interact with you there. So there's, a, there's some really interesting crossover into UX here. So you have to do some thinking. Um, my generic template in my mind is that I want to put a call to action as a sentence right after the introduction. I talked about that before. And I want a structured article that offers my reader the chance to learn about the thing that, I'm, that, that I want them to eventually uh, try with me or buy or the experience or just subscribe to my book, whatever it is. I want them to appreciate that. I'm doing all my other writing stuff. And at the bottom then depending on the brand and the website style and whatever at that point it's quite good to put a button in there with a cta on it and if there's not if you have the chance to do ux testing or whatever you should but um it, i was really really fascinated when when somebody gave me this feedback oh there was no place to interact with your page and i it, there clearly was but it wasn't highlighted so crossover into the world of ux maybe we can find someone to talk about um about this topic that would be super interesting so the CTA is a helpful reminder for readers, usually just why you're reading a piece in the first place. You know, once you reach the end, you don't have to stop and think to yourself, 
well, what should I do with the information that I've just read? CTA is right there. It makes it very clear and obvious. So it's kind of like performing a service for the reader, you know? It sort of removes uh, some of the mental load. I mean, I think a lot of readers are already reading, looking for a CTA in mind. I mean, if they're deliberately Googling particular solutions because they need a CMS that does X, Y, or Z. If after the first paragraph of the, the blog article, they sort of see, oh, this is, this is helpful, they'll probably open it in a new tab. I think actually it's something you want to put in with the expectation that readers are actually looking for it already. On the other hand, of course, it's possible that, you know, a reader has found the piece for, you know, through some other means and they're reading it out of interest, in which case it's useful to them and then they're just going to want to follow through on it. I mean, if the piece is, is doing a good job or connects to them. But I think in a lot of cases, it's also something that the reader is specifically going to scan the article for. As a reader, you may not notice, but CTAs are kind of important. Recently, I was reading a blog post and I was left hanging, bereft at the end because I'd read this article, I was sold, when I got to the end, of, I didn't know what to do with my short-lived enthusiasm because there was no CTA. So I thought, okay, well, I can go to the contact page. I mean, what if I want to find out more? And after a few clicks, I just, I left because my enthusiasm had waned. So it's really important to, to capture that moment and capitalise on the good feeling. And the other way that CTAs are important as a reader is it can be an early warning sign about the agenda of a piece of writing. It can kind of reveal the underlying purpose. You can get a nasty shock if you've if you've read something and you're trusting the author and then at the end they want you to buy something. They can give you a, a, a glimpse into any kind of agenda. But I think most of us probably by now as readers on the internet do expect that there will be some kind of stepping stone at the end for reading more joining a community, downloading a trial, whatever it may be. Even if you're reading something for pleasure, you may want to get on the newsletter list, you know, want to want to be on the list for the next update. Yeah, I, isn't that interesting? I hadn't actually thought about that, reading for pleasure on the internet. You still, it, it's rare that you're going to come to the internet, read something and leave. Am I wrong? I don't know. That brings us to a close, dear listener. As always, we sign off with our calls to action. We'd love for you to share your examples or questions with us via Twitter at open underscore strategy or email hello at openstrategypartners.com. This was one of the editorial codes we use at OSP. We'll be sharing more of them as we go. If you'd like to learn more in the meantime, come over to openstrategypartners.com. Have a look at our writer enablement workshops, case study offering, or get in touch to talk about your strategy or product communication needs. Thanks to everyone who contributed to this podcast. All the P's at OSP. Thanks to our clients who believe in us. Shout out to Patrick Gaumont for our high energy maple syrup flavored theme music. And to Mike Snow for additional horn arrangements. 
thank you for listening and subscribing. About our three themes on the podcast. You'll hear from different members of the OSP team hosting episodes over time. Communicate. All things communication. We share how we tackle writing, editing, word choices, formats, processes, and more. Connect. In-depth conversations with interesting, smart people about who they are, what they do, and how they approach their life and work as communicators, technologists, and leaders. Grow. We cover strategic approaches to understanding and expressing the value of what you do, including tools, templates, and practical applications. We also feel strongly about building a mindful, positive, human-first culture at work. That's bound to pop up from time to time, too. This podcast is us figuring out communication, connection, and growing together. Subscribe now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or the podcast channel of your choice. Follow us, suggest guests and topics, ask us questions on social media. We are at open underscore strategy on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Communicate, Connect, Grow, the OSP podcast. Subscribe to Communicate, Connect, Grow, our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Come read our blog. Come click our buttons and book demos. Um, start your journey to growing your company today. We do strategic communications and we even have fun on it, doing it on good days. So here we are. Uh-huh.